Speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. This is why we've come. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. We are ready for your word. Father, we pray now that you'll bless your word as it goes forth for our good and your glory, that in hearing from you, we would make a commitment to become more like you. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been in a space, eyes darting from one side of the room to the other, maybe tossing clothes or moving items, looking in drawers, looking on the tops of shelves, all because you have lost or misplaced something? Uh, whether it's your keys or your wallet, a book or a paper, something of importance, it can be frustrating when you have to look for something and it can't be found either because you misplaced it or somebody else moved it. I think for me, one of the most frustrating things to lose are my eyeglasses because I need my glasses to see. And so because I need my glasses to see, if I don't remember where I put my glasses, then I can't really find my glasses so I can see where I put my glasses. Yeah. So, so, so I kind of keep now a second pair of glasses in one place. So if I lose my everyday glasses, I know where I can find a pair of glasses so I can see to find my everyday glasses. Here's what's interesting. We, we spend an inordinate amount of time in our lives looking for things that we never find. And many times we're looking for the wrong thing in the right place or the right thing in the wrong place, and the challenge for us is to make sure that we're looking for the right thing in the correct place. In our text today, uh, Jesus helps us to examine what we are focusing on, what we are looking for, and what we are looking at. We started our series a couple of weeks ago entitled Making First Things First, and we started with how to love God first, how to love God first. Jesus, when asked about the first commandment, said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the question on the table was, what does it take to make God your priority love? Today, I want to continue this series, Making First Things Work First, and I want to talk to you from the thought, how to seek God first, how to seek God first. Our foundational text is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Three things I want to discuss today around this idea of how to seek God first. First thing I want you to see if you're going to seek God first is you must intentionally seek what God wants instead of what, you're, what you've been focusing on. You've got to intentionally seek what God wants instead of what you've been focusing on. Matthew 6.33. Now, this is probably one of the first passages, if you have ever done any scripture memory, that you memorized. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you ask somebody to quote that and they will tell you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. And that is an incorrect quotation of that passage. I don't care what translation you look at, that passage does not read, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. The passage begins, but. And that but is significant because but is a contrastive conjunction. In other words, there is a shift in what Jesus is teaching 
in Matthew 6.33 that departs from what has been practiced in the prior verses. Now, Matthew chapter 6, in particular, when you get around verse 24, verse 25, talks about the futility of worrying. Talks about how wasteful it is to worry. And he lays out several areas that many of us specialize worrying about. He says some people worry about food. Some people worry about fashion. Some people worry about their finances. And some people worry about the future. And Jesus goes on to say that worry, while it is natural, is unnecessary. Because worry is a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. And one of the reasons we know it's a waste of time is because whatever you worry about, you only worry about because you can't do anything about it. If you could do something about it, you wouldn't worry. You would just solve it. And Jesus says worrying doesn't add any height to your body. It won't add any rest to your sleep. It doesn't add anything positive to your life. And he gets to verse 33, and then he says, but you've been wasting your time worrying. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, here's what God wants you to understand. Worry is a choice. Worry, like stress, is a choice. What goes on around you doesn't cause your worry, doesn't cause your stress. How you respond or react to it causes your worry and causes your stress. So watch what the Lord says. The Lord says you must settle the question of what is going to be the priority or focus of your life. He says, but seek. Now, this word for seek is a very interesting word. I don't want you to miss it. The word seek there means to look for, to strive after, to endeavor, to be about. But here's what's interesting. It's in the imperative mood. It's in the present tense, and it's in the active voice, which means what? Not only are you responsible to seek, but you are responsible to keep seeking. Let me put a quarter in the meter and park here for a second. It is so easy to worry about stuff and then say, you know what? I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm going to turn it over to the Lord. Anybody here ever turn something over to the Lord that you used to worry about? You said, I ain't going to worry no more. Mm -mm, I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to take it to the altar and leave it there. Why do you keep on going back to the altar and picking it up? See, the reason is because it is so easy to drift back into your flesh. It is so easy to trust your intelligence and trust your insight and trust your connections. And it is so easy to move away from trusting God. And so when Jesus says, but seek, he is basically saying to us, not only do you need to seek, but it's not a one-time event. you got to keep seeking. You've got to keep pressing. You've got to keep trusting God because there's nothing in this world that is designed to move you towards God. Everything in the world is designed to move you away from God. So let me ask you a question. What's important to you? What do you seek? What are you focusing on? See, some of you in here, you said, you know what, my New Year's resolution, I'm going to get that house. I'm going to get that car. I'm going to get out of debt. All of those really good things, man, I want my marriage to be better. I want to become a better father, a better wife. I want to become a better person. And all of those are great things. But you have neglected the one thing that needs to be at the top of your list. And that's seeking God. Because listen to me carefully. Worry happens naturally, but it's not necessary. Seeking God only happens when you are intentional about it. When you put forth an effort, when you put forth focus, and you say, I am going to go after 
God. Look at Acts 17, verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. And basically, all I want to remind you of is, if it's in him that you live, move, and have your being, why aren't you seeking him and not the things of this world? See, when you seek the things of this world, listen, there is nothing consoling about seeking the things of this world. You'll never have enough. You'll never get enough. And there's always more that you don't have. So you'll never get to a place of contentment. You'll always be running behind, trying to catch up, trying to get. So watch this. New dress is nice, but guess what? There's always a new dress coming out. There's a newer style coming out. And new shoes come out, and there's always newer shoes coming out. And newer cars coming out. And a newer home. Why? Because those things don't give you a sense of contentment. They feed the black hole of our greed and our desire. I told you, number one, you must intentionally seek what God wants instead of what you've been focusing on. Number two, you must make what God wants your priority. You must make what God wants your priority. Matthew 6, but seek first. Circle the word first. That word first literally means above all else. It speaks to first in terms of time, place, order, and or importance. Before anything or anyone else, seek first. Seek first. What is important to you? What are you seeking first? And what you need to understand is, very subtly in this world, when you put God on the throne of your life, there are always things and people trying to dispose of God and move him off the throne of your life for you or somebody else to get on the throne of your life. He says, seek first. What? Look at A, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. He says, you need to seek first the kingdom of God. Literally, the establishment of God's rule and reign over your life. The acknowledgement of the sovereign rule of God. And you're putting him on the throne and making sure in your flesh you don't continue to try to get up on the throne. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, here's the problem. For everyone in this room, if we're not careful, we will establish our own little kingdom. And the conflicts that we experience in life are typically kingdom conflicts because your kingdom is trying to infringe on my kingdom. See, if I'm the king or queen of my little kingdom and you the queen or king of your little kingdom and our kingdoms conflict, then we're going to have a problem. Oh, he thinks he's all that. Oh, she thinks everybody's supposed to bow down to her. Those are kingdom conflicts because we think more highly of ourselves than we should. And God forbid if our personal kingdom egocentrism now is transferred to an organization. So now not only am I on the throne of my life personally, but I think I'm on the throne of everybody's life. Dictators, despots, presidents, CEOs who have that kind of mentality, who have failed to understand that it's not about you establishing your kingdom. It's really supposed to be, if you are a child of God, about you establishing God's kingdom. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God, not your kingdom. Not the building or the affirming of your kingdom, but the kingdom of God. And then look at B. 
and his righteousness. So A, the kingdom of God, B, the righteousness of God. To seek his righteousness means to seek to live as God requires. To use God's standards of holiness and righteousness to fill your thoughts with his desires, to take his character as your pattern for life and living, to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, can I tell you the problem for many of us? We live according to situational righteousness. So whatever's right at the moment and whatever benefits us, that's what's right. And we live by that instead of living to the higher standard of God's righteousness. Yeah, we are righteous as long as we change the standard of righteousness. No, no, everybody in here is sinless as long as you take out the sins you commit. Our... our our or y'all's president was asked the question <laughs> about things that he's sorry for and having to ever ask God for forgiveness. And he thought, he said, he's never had to ask God for forgiveness or anything. That, that ego maniacal kind of mentality, right, that changes the standard of righteousness from all have sinned to y'all have sinned. And God says you will never be at your best when you seek a righteousness that's below God's standard for righteousness. Because you will typically pick a standard for righteousness that you can succeed at. I, I've told you before, that's, that's the problem with cheap amens. You, you, you know cheap amens, right? Cheap, cheap amens are amens that people give in church for somebody else's mess. All you whoremongers need to stop all that creeping. And all the folk who are faithful or pretending to be faithful say, Amen, man, you preaching up in here, boy. You just, woo, you got a word up in here, you know. <laughs> God made Adam and Eve. He didn't make Adam and Steve. All this homosexual man and all the straight folk and the folk who are pretending to be straight say, Amen, Rev. You're right. <laughs> Loudest amens come from the down low brothers. Yeah, you're right, Rev. Preach. That's a word up in here. Yes, sir. Cut out that smoking, smoking like a chimney. Smelling like a chimney around here. Cut out all that. And all the non-smoking folk say, hey, man, that's right. Smoking. But here's the truth. When we stand against the righteousness of God, none of us can say amen. All of us have to say ouch. So he says, you've got to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, here's what's interesting. Jesus doesn't say seek stuff. Because Jesus understands what you get on the outside doesn't matter if you don't have the right person on the inside. We focus on the accumulation of stuff and getting more than we focus on becoming. The question is not, do you live in a better or bigger house? The question is, are you a better person? It's not, do you have a more expensive car? It's, are you a better person? Because if you gave a person a ride in your hoopty, but you drive by them in your nice car, then I submit even with a better car, you are a worse person. And 
And so he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Become the best that you can on the inside. You've heard the saying, your actions speak so loud I can't hear a word you say. People who say one thing but do something else. God says become the best you can on the inside. This year, make a commitment to make first things first and become the best you can be to the glory of God. Look at Romans 10, 3. Four, being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Ephesians 4, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to realize God will give you everything you need when you make what God wants your priority. God will give you everything you need when you make what God wants your priority. Verse 33, Matthew chapter 6, the C part, all these things will be added to you. When? When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, the New Living Translation. I love this translation. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. What's the everything we need referring to? All the stuff that we've been worrying about in the earlier verses. God says everything you need, food, finance, fashion, a future, God says, I'm going to take care of all of that if you make serving me your priority. If you make establishing my kingdom in your life and in your concentric circles of contact, and if you make my righteousness your standard by which you will live, I will add everything else you need. Now, here's what God wants you to understand. What you need is not always what you want. All right, let me, let me drop another chord in the meter and help somebody. What you thought you needed in your 20s, you were willing and welcoming to live without in your 40s. What you thought you had to have in your 40s, when you got to your 60s, you said, you know what? The cost is not worth the value. And when you get to your 80s, you look back on the stuff you thought you needed in your 60s and say, I'm just glad to be alive. I don't need nothing. <laughs> yeah, you get to an age where folks start going, what? I don't know what to get you this year, Mima. I don't know what to get you this year, Papa. I'm good with just waking up in the morning. I'm good with just being alive. I'm good. Listen. God says, when you put your focus on me, then I put my provision in place for you. It's just that simple. God says, when you, when you trust me, I'll take care of you. That's literally what he says. He says, when you trust me, I will take care of you. Everything you need, I will provide. And there's several principles that God wants you to learn out of this. Write these down somewhere. First of all, your failure, when it comes, is only temporary. Your failure is only temporary. See, God will help you and strengthen you and even teach you through trying times. So here's a phrase I've adopted for my own life. Win some, learn some. Win some, learn some. Every event in life, I want to either win or learn. 
But I don't count a lesson learned as a loss. I just had to pay for a class. Here's the second thing. God will work all things out for your good. So trust them even when you go through trying moments because you know that God is going to work all things out for your good. Here's the problem. Most of us get discouraged in life because we look at life in snapshots and we don't look at the whole movie. We don't watch the movie from beginning to end. No, we just see a bad snapshot and then we go down. And if we see a good snapshot, we ready to rise and go up instead of looking at it as part of God's plan for our life. So I'm going to tell my wife. My wife and I, we sit down and watch a movie. And if I've seen the movie before, uh, my wife always is asking me what's going to happen. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And so especially if it gets tough, if there's some shoots, you know, some shoot em ups or something like that, right? And, or it looks like, man, the, the, the hero is in a tough situation. She said, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. I said, no, it's, it's good. It's good. Is he going to live? Because if he's going to die, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it if he's going to die. And I said, baby, you got to watch the whole movie. No, no, no. Is he going to live? If you're not going to live, I'm going, I'm going to another room. I'm going to another room. I don't want to watch it. Listen, when you watch the movie, you got to take it all, right? Now, if I say he's going to be all right, then she say, okay, I'm going to watch it. I don't care what's going on. He can be hanging on by his nails. She say he's going to die. No, he's going to live. Okay, all right, I'm going to watch it. But it all depends on what I say. Listen to me. Your life ought to depend on what God says. Even when you hanging by a fingernail, if God says all things are going to work together for your good and you believe that, you got to have faith and trust God that even if it doesn't make sense at the moment, all things will work together for your good. And just because you don't see it now is not, does not mean you won't see it later. Come on, somebody in here can see some later blessings that came out of some earlier pain. You didn't see a way out at the moment, but on the other side of what you went through, you can look back now and see the good that came out of what you went through. When you make God your priority, God promises to meet the necessities of your life. Look at James chapter 2, verse 5. Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? See, see you got to remember in this day and time, being rich said to those around you that you were blessed by God. Kind of like we do today. You know, we, we look at somebody and we say, ooh, look at their blessings, right? Look at what they drive. Look at where they live. They've been blessed by the Lord. We don't see the notes they have to pay. We just look at what they have. Ooh, they've been blessed by the Lord. And God says he has chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Let's go to Psalm 91 verse 2. Let's read it together and close there. I will say to the Lord, my refuge is and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. 
you have a choice in life. You can have a no care, worldly attitude that says, I'm going to live my life just to eat, drink, and be merry. You can have a fretful or anxious or worrisome attitude, worrying about everything that comes your way all the time. You can have a self-assured attitude that is built upon your view of yourself, and many times that is a delusional, inflated view of ourselves. Or you can have a God-centered, trusting attitude to say, first thing I'm going to do is seek God, his kingdom, his righteousness, what he wants, his will for my life. And then trust God to do whatever I need done. So the question is, what's your attitude going to be? And what are you going to spend your time looking for? Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that those under the sound of my voice, that in hearing from you today, they would make a commitment to seek you first. To recognize that the seeking of your kingdom And the seeking of your righteousness helps us to become who you want us to be. And may we make that our priority in life and living. Where our prayers fall short, we ask you to make up the differences. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I told you seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, seeking God, does not happen accidentally. It must be intentional. It doesn't happen haphazardly. It must be intentional. You've got to put effort into that and remind yourself every day of that. And in essence, you've got to put the spiritual work in. Uh, Deacon Ian Chestnut is running the uh, Houston Marathon today. Uh, Where where is he? Um, 20.5 miles. 20.5 miles out of 26.2 miles. And I know the estimated time based on his pace, he was right around 10 minute miles. His estimated finish time was about 1215 this afternoon. And uh, I'm praying his strength in the Lord. Amen. But, but, but let me tell you, let me tell you what's interesting. You know, when we have our staff meeting at 6 AM, he would, he would leave and we would say, man, you know, you got a busy day. He said, yeah, I've got a busy day. He said, I'm going to go run. And somebody said, oh, how far are you going to run? He said, oh, 11 miles. And we looked at each other like, <laughs> 11 miles. Like, that's like, I'm going to walk up to H-E-B, you know. <laughs> 11 miles. Now, I didn't know when he told us that, that he was training for the marathon. It makes sense, right? Because I'm thinking, who just gets up to run 11 miles just for the sake of running 11 miles. Like, what has that road done to you that you got to walk all on it for 11 miles? But, but listen, he was in training to accomplish a goal. I'm saying that to say to you, what is your goal for life and living? Not with stuff and not with people, but with God. Where do you want to be when it comes to your fellowship and your walk with God? Everybody who can and everybody who will, if you stand on your feet wherever you are. If you're here today and you've never asked the Lord into your life, I want to give you an opportunity today to say yes to God. It's not about rituals, routines, or... Religion, it's about a relationship with the God who loves you where you are, but the God who doesn't want to leave you there. His call is the same. I want to make something beautiful out of your life. And if you think, you know, life is pretty good, God says, can it be better? I told you I've been meeting with this executive coach, and and one of the reasons I was so excited about meeting with him is because when I look at our church and I look at myself, we're doing really well in comparison to other people, right? 
Now, I'm no fool. I'm not going to compare myself to somebody that's doing better than me. Right? I'm going to pick somebody and go, could be them. (laughs) You're doing a whole lot better than they are. But let me tell you where the Holy Spirit challenged me. Not to look at anybody who's doing better or worse than I am. The Holy Spirit challenged me to look in the mirror and say, are you doing the best you can? Are you fulfilling your potential? Is Good Hope the church that it can be, the best that it can be? And we can't be our best corporately if you're not committed to being your best individually. Right? We're the sum total of our parts. If there's mediocrity in the pew and mediocrity in the pulpit, there's going to be mediocrity in our ministry. Just that simple, right? So I want to challenge you today to make that step. If you're here today looking for a church home and you believe this is the place that God wants you, we invite you to come. If you're here today and you want to ask Jesus Christ into your life, uh, men and women who are standing all over this place, some up front, some others around, would love to show you privately how to ask the Lord into your life. Make that step today. Say yes today. We will rejoice if you come because we believe that's what heaven does. So as the song of invitation is sung, we invite you to come. the Lord in giving. Good hope it's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. This is our one and only opportunity to worship the Lord in giving and we ask you to give as God has blessed you and God has prospered you. There are a multiplicity of ways that you can give. You can text the give as you see the instructions on the screen. You can also give online. Go to goodhope.org. You can also give if you are already registered through uh, push pay or through givelify uh, you can give in that way to the good Hope missionary baptist church and of course you can give via cash or check i've asked you to make your giving an act of worship it really is an act of worship and one of the things that we need to understand is that all worship is not acceptable to god when you look at the bible there are really three kinds of worship there's false worship vain worship and true worship False worship is when you give improper worship to the right or wrong God. Vain worship is when you give the right worship to the wrong God. True worship is when you give the right worship to the right God. And so my prayer is that in recognizing that giving is an act of worship, that you recognize what kind of worship your giving represents. And that you give in a way that is pleasing and honorable to God, knowing that your giving makes a difference in the lives of people. Had a call uh, message from a veteran and his family. And this veteran, his house was damaged in Harvey and still haven't been able to get repairs from the city. And just struggling to make it. I think they make $40 a year too much to qualify for food stamps. And I, and I don't know about you, but you know... I, I'm not a veteran, but I, I value the service that our veterans have given us. And, and I just don't believe when you have served this country and put your life on the line that you should struggle to make it after you come out. 
You, you know what I mean? I'm, and I'm talking about just basic things. You know, food, shelter, etc. And And this family contacted me and they said, Pastor, I want to thank you. you. You don't know this, but we come to your food pantry every month and you don't know there are months that we would literally be on the verge of starving if it wasn't for your church. And while I feel good about that, I feel bad that they're even in that situation. But I'm saying that to say to you, um, there are lives that you touch that you'll never know that are recorded in heaven. And somebody's going to thank you in glory for what you gave to help this church make the impact that it's made in this community. All right? Let's worship the Lord in giving. Give as God has blessed you and give as God has prospered you. place to take your loved one on Valentine's Day can be challenging. From making reservations to waiting long hours for a table, what a hassle. Instead, come and enjoy a wonderful Valentine's Day dinner here in The View. Don't miss this spectacular evening of fun, fellowship, live music, and dinner for two on February 14th from 7 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. in The View. Sign up via the Good Hope website or I Am Hope mobile app. The cost is $60 per couple. RSVP while seating and dance floor space is still available. Have a blessed day. Don't forget, for additional events and announcements, download our new interactive I Am Hope mobile app. CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week, and remember, Good Hope, Loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. All right, don't forget, this is the weekend that we celebrate the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, on tonight on Real World Real Talk, I'll be opening up the phone lines to uh, talk to the community about what the King holiday means in the year 2020. He would be 91 years old if he was still alive. And um, as we think about the dream, um, we also need to think about the reality and where we are right now. And so we'll be talking about that. And then on tomorrow at 11 o'clock, I'll be at the Antioch Baptist Church on Beale Street. I'll be their keynote speaker for their uh, morning ML King celebration that will be uh, in Acres Home. Dr. F.N. Williams Sr. is the pastor there. That will be tomorrow at 11 o'clock, so I would appreciate your prayers, and those of you who can come would appreciate your presence as well. We look forward to God speaking to us in a powerful way. Sister Audia Jones, would you please stand up? The most powerful position in the criminal justice system is the district attorney, and the reason they are the most powerful position is because they make the decision as to what cases are filed, 
are not filed, recommendations, juvenile and adult system. Um, I've talked to judges, with all due respect, Judge Jones, um, her husband, who have said they have literally sat on the bench and watched bad lawyering and couldn't do anything about it, right? Saw bad defense attorneys and, and they did the best that they could. But when it comes to the district attorney's office, this office has had a history of looking at people, especially people of color, and they have said, if we can't beat you, we're going to break you. And that's how they've gone about the treatment of people of color and uh, the relationship between the district attorneys and the police department and all kinds of crazy stuff. Sister Audio Jones is one of our family members, and she is running for Harris County District Attorney, uh, the Democratic position. Uh, the primary vote is March the 3rd. March the 3rd, early voting starts February, is it 15th, 18th, 18th. February 18th, early voting starts. So when you go in, I want you to remember uh, Sister Audia Jones. She is a part of our family and grateful for her and the work that she's done. She has worked in the district attorney's office before, so she's not a newbie. She's not inexperienced with that department. And if you want more information about her campaign and her vision for true criminal justice reform, you can go to audiajones.com and get more information or just Google her. It'll come up and you'll be able to see for yourself what this sister stands for. Come on, let's thank God for her one more time. All right, so don't forget this Saturday, church budget meeting, two weeks from Today, two Saturdays from today, February 1st, our church business meeting. We have to announce it two consecutive Sundays according to the Constitution and bylaws. And so this is the first, and we'll announce it again on next week. Our community empowerment event gets rolling. Don't forget Friday night, worship and work, and then Saturday, our community empowerment event. And uh, we're grateful and thankful to the Lord. And, of course, our food pantry on Wednesday beginning at 2 o'clock. Reverend Bell, anything else? Yeah, come on. Thank you, Pastor. What a powerful message from our senior pastor this morning. That's a helpful message, one that you can think about all week. Amen, amen. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to remind you of. Uh, we're having the budget meeting Saturday, but also seniors. If you're attending the Senior Adult Ministry Fellowship, we will have that Saturday right after the budget meeting. So uh, we did keep that in line with it. Also, uh, we uh, have to inform you that we've uh, lost another senior member of our family, uh, Sister Laverne Hazley. She is the mother of Sister Sheila Hazley, and Sheila might have been in one of the small groups. Oh, there's your picture. Uh, the Lord called her home on last week, and uh, we're going to have her celebration of life services this Friday at 11 o'clock. So pray for the Hazley family. Uh, she's been uh, with Good Hope for a long time, and the uh, Lord called her home in peace. So we praise God for that, and uh, remember that family in your prayers, as well as all of our grieving families and sick and shut-in members, all right? All right, uh, that takes care of all of the additional announcements. Now, it's time for us to recognize our guest. So if you're visiting today with us for the very first time, would you please stand? If this is your first visit, we're not going to ask you to say anything. We do want to recognize you. So if it's your first visit, amen. Yeah. Please remain standing. Amen, amen. We're so glad that you came this way to fellowship with the Good Hope Church. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the singing, by the fellowship, by the preached word. And because you're here, we have a special reception for you. So I'm going to ask that you gather your things and you can follow this young lady and this young man and this young lady who are part of our guest relations ministry. And they'll take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the Good Hope Church and show you some love and thank you real much for coming and visiting with us. You're welcome to come back and fellowship again. God bless you. 
God bless you for the rest of this year, and we hope to see you again. Amen? Amen. All right. Show some love, church. All right, got a couple coming from upstairs. Amen. Amen. that cold weather so you got that wool coat for the day amen all right if everybody's good let's stand and receive the benediction touch your shoulder give a hug give a smile amen god we come now to thank you for your word today Thank you that is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. Thank you for reminding us that if you are first, all things will work together for our good. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us even right now, for blessing us when we haven't been faithful, but you're still faithful to us. Thank you, Lord, that when we were disobedient, you were still faithful to us. We praise and bless your holy name. Now, Lord, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late. Bless them, Lord, when they go out and when they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. amen. All right. Bless somebody on your way out.